Hey, this is Jonathan. And this is Kathy. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Dose, Dose of Dash podcast. podcast. Join us and our guests as we bring you news and insights, information on project milestones and upcoming tasks, and as we celebrate the wins and accomplishments all along the way. Thank you for joining us as we dash toward the future at the University of Tennessee. Hi, everyone. Welcome to part two of our conversation with Brennan Derenfeld, who is our Accenture project manager. As a recap, we ended part one talking about wrapping up the design phase of the DASH project, including documenting system requirements, such as reports, interfaces, and types of data to move from IRIS into DASH. All of this information will help us configure and build the system moving forward. So let's join in on our conversation about closing out the design phase and what we can expect as we move into the adopt and adapt phase of the DASH project. Well, when we're talking about this phase that we're coming out of, what were some of the challenges and what were some of the wins you saw happening throughout the last few months? And some of these challenges are just like, it's like inherent, you know, standard (laughs) planning a wedding is stressful. Babies don't sleep. And like starting an Oracle implementation is like hard. There's no... (laughs) How you bring it all so practically. It's that's like, it's like, that's just, it's just, it is what it is. Like, and, and, the, and the hardest thing up front is like, people don't understand Oracle. They understand the system that they're used to. So it's yeah. like, sure. if I say things like, oh, we're going to use a DFF, people are like, what? And then I'm like, oh, we're going to use a descriptive flex, flex field. And they're like, you mean what? Getting people accustomed to how Oracle works, what it can do, what it can't do. It is always a challenge, especially when you're going through requirements gathering sessions because people don't know what the Accenture person knows. And sometimes we take for granted that we do this all the time and don't think of like, what should we spend more time explaining? Right. So that's just like, I'm just articulating a learning curve. Well, and by the same token, you got to think too, just flipping that a little bit, you don't understand the business processes. 100%. At UT yes. until you get to learn the business processes. So 100%. it's kind of the same so, thing, right? So that that is hard. And the other thing that's really challenging is that you have a group of smart people who are put in a situation where they're not excelling is the wrong word, but like they're not like killing it. You have a bunch of smart people who do their jobs and who are good at it. And now you're putting the same smart people in a situation where they're not necessarily good at it yet. And that's going to make those people very frustrated very quickly. And so having to provide guidance that that's normal and like have patience because you you are going to learn this. And it sounds super cheesy, but we're going to use phrases like this is a journey, like this is a marathon, not a sprint. Yes. All of that up front is like easy to hear, but like hard to digest. Yeah. You Mm -hmm. can get it intellectually, but if you're in a three hour workshop and you're still struggling with a concept and now you're mad, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're you're not going to go back to, Oh yeah, Brennan told me this was going to be hard and I should be patient, but you're not going to do that. <laughs> All while like, your email keeps piling up and your correct. other jobs going on. Yeah. Correct. Right. So those are hard things that are always hard things, regardless of what you do. What I've seen work well over the last, probably like more so in January, because like we're starting to close things off. We're starting to like get key decisions right. done is like, the ability to create a space where it's okay to give people time to figure something out. Mm. So it's not like, okay, here's a meeting. Let's rush to the, rush to the status. What did you do? Da, 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 da. No, like there might be a pause or a silence with 10 people on the call because people are thinking. Yeah. Or right. it's the ability to create space to let people figure things out because that needs to happen. 
Mm-hmm. So that's been um, that's been good. Yeah, that sounds like a bit nebulous and like ambiguous, but like it's very important because like if we're constantly pushing people to have an answer when they don't, you don't have the ability to build a good business process. Uh, like move quickly, but don't rush. Mm-hmm. Or like speed, not haste. Is it? It's the same kind of concept. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what you said earlier, folks are not only learning, you know, this transition from SAP to Oracle, but they're also there's the learning curve of how you walk through an implementation and all of these yes. phases. Yeah. Yes. You know, so it's a lot. It, it's just a lot for everyone to take in. And we've yeah. got, you know, plus the guiding principles to sort of driving the project where we're at the same time, it's not just learning the software, but it's like you said, kind of redesigning processes and mm-hmm. streamlining business and and making things a little more uh, effective and efficient. And so there's all that kind of stuff too. You got to sort of unlearn the way you've been doing things. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then it's like, do I have the authority to change this? What is this other person going to think? How do I socialize that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. There's multiple campuses that do this just because it works for me. Why does it work for them? Yeah. yeah. All of that. All of that stuff. So you hit on it a little bit earlier when you're talking about adopt and adapt and mm. what's coming out of blueprint and what we do. Is there anything else you want to say? You talked about the iterative nature of it, you know, three rounds. Is there anything else you want to say about adopt and adapt? Let me put some structure to that. So it's roughly a six month period, but it's three cycles, two months times um, three. I just want to emphasize that it is an opportunity to iteratively build the application. Yeah, I think I'll leave it at there because the more I talk, the more I can open up things that are complicated. (laughs) The one thing that is important though is that I'm going to say that message or people are going to say similar messages and we're going to like try super hard to hammer this home that like at the end of prototype three, like we want things to be like design. Someone's again going to then ask, okay, can we go live at the end of prototype three? Because like we're we're done. No, it's yeah. a, that, that's like, that's a very right. rational that's a point. That's and, a point. and logical question. The answer is no. These three iterations of two months apiece, roughly, get us to a point where the system is, the design is kind of like pinned down so we can actually start testing. After this is when we actually like do proper system integration testing. And then after system integration testing, then we do user acceptance testing. There is a very... Um, rigid, maybe a better word, a structured implementation approach where it's like you spend the time building the system together, but then you spend like an equal amount of time testing it to make sure it works before you release that to everyone. The other benefit of that is that it gives you the time to identify all the things that are changing from your current processes to the new ones, because that then helps you say, okay, for all the things that are changed, who does it impact? How many people? How important is this process? And then as a result, how can I inform training off of that? which is also good to happen in parallel. So yeah. all those things are going to be happening over the next six months. So it'll be busy, but it'll be fun. So it's like, all, we've been looking at these implementation timelines for months and mm. we're starting to hit some of those phases that were out there. It's kind of fun get to these new phases. Yes. So yes. you ha- you mentioned very briefly training in there. We had to ask, mm. in your experience, and we know you are on the project management side of the house, how important is change management in a project such as this? It's really important. I'll, I'll just put it this way. If people don't know how to do their job, then they can't do their job. Right. F- yeah. Full stop. Period. To sum it like, up, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. sum it up. If you don't know how to do your job, you can't do your job. And, and it doesn't really matter how great of a system we designed either, right? No. So. Yeah. That, that's the easiest way to sum it up. If you don't know how to do it, then you can't do it. So <laughs> yeah. And like change, you can break down into like, you know, communications, training, and then right. like getting people accustomed to something new. Communications, you can break down like by project phase. I need to tell people what's going to happen, what is happening, and then what just did happen and what's about to come happen next. Training is a little bit different in the sense that 
you have to identify, okay, what are the areas that need training? What are my target audiences? And then what are the types of training deliveries that I'm going to do? And how do I then match up that training delivery to that target audience to the new business process? Mm -hmm. And so you kind of have like a matrix that needs to be filled out over like the next six months or so. So then you say, okay, I know the materials or I know the training delivery method by process, by audience. Mm-hmm. Now I can just put the team together to go build it and execute on it. Is it important? Absolutely. Um, it's important. Training becomes a very challenging logistical problem. Emphasis on logistics because like you have multiple locations yep. with different people at different levels within the organization with different training mod- modalities. It's fine. It's doable. We've done this before, but it just requires like a lot of being like very, very, very organized, which is doable. But that's kind of like a good key success factor for training going well is like, are we organized? Is everything like listed? Is it clearly documented? Is it structured? Do we understand why do we assign these types of training delivery for these types of processes? And then it's just like a matter of execution. The thing I was going to say too, is we've had a lot of excitement and questions around training already, which I think it's cool that people are that fired up about it and they're that engaged already. All these other previous phases we've talked about, you know, part of it is you've got to have a stable system before you can start creating documentation, right? And training programs. So correct. You've got to have the system pretty ironed out before that effort can, at least the content creation and and the delivery methods can, you can really get to work on those. Correct. Yeah. Everyone wants to know what's happening like a year from now, now. The very unpopular answer is like you don't need to worry about it. Like right. and that's a and like that's a very honest answer. But like it's not good enough for yeah, everyone. Right. No. For for everyone. Like yeah. I and, I and I get it. So then like the way you answer that is like okay, well you're definitely not getting training materials now, and here's why. But I can tell you the plan of how you get them. Right. Yeah. And I can and I can show you like you fill this out, and then that informs this being filled out, and that informs like a video that someone's gonna like do of the software, which is gonna inform where it's gonna be uploaded on SharePoint where you can access it. And people yeah. are kind of like, okay, when you explain someone what's happening in such a way like that, you want their response back to you to be very anticlimactic and kind of right. like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. If you kind of if you kind of get like a okay, that I, I get that that makes sense to me, yeah. you've kind of hit the nail on the head because it that- shouldn't be complicated. And and I think the other thing too is like sometimes people walk away and they're like, okay, they're thinking about this too. Yeah. It's not just yes. Yes. <laughs> like that. They're yes. thinking about this. Yes. Sometimes yeah. they just need reassurance that there is in fact a plan in place. Yeah. And just tell them, know, them there's no tell the them there's no training. Right now. Right. Yeah. Right. Just tell them there's no training. Tell them there's no training. <laughs> Brendan, you're here. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> figure it out. Is it yeah, just figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Did you get trained on your iPhone? Yeah. Just figure it yeah. out. Yeah. It's it's funny. Like, and you know, and there will be training. I know that it's gonna like sound bites gonna get taken out of context. <laughs> Accenture PMO says there'll be no training. But um, no, I I remember we wouldn't um, do that to you. <laughs> no, I've been in situations where the training, like personally at certain companies, and the training wasn't great. And like it's hard. And it's like, why do you need that when you already have a hard day? So yeah, yeah. previous implementations and in, in all your years of doing this, what are some of the things that you have seen and experienced that organizations have done well to kind of help the success with go live. I mean, we got to set expectations. I mean, once you, once you flip the switch, 
there's still going to be issues. I mean, we we get that. But what are some things you've seen that organizations can do to ensure that, you know, it's kind of as good of, a, of an event as possible? We, we practice as much as humanly possible. It's like if you're putting on like a like a Broadway show and you're doing like tons of dress rehearsals, you're ironing that out. That's the biggest one because uh, you are going to fail or find issues in like a very low impact environment. Yeah. So like, I'll, I'll give you an example. All a go live is, is configuring an environment and loading data in it. I'm, I'm making it overly simplistic. But if you think about it, for prototype one, what are we doing? Configuring an environment and putting some data in it. What are we doing for prototype two? Configuring an environment, putting some data in it. We have prototype one, two, three, sit, one, two, three, and UAT. That's seven times we could build an environment before we go into production. Yeah. Seven. What we've done on other projects that works really well is, are you guys familiar with a cutover plan is? Like the, mm-hmm. the thing, okay. You start making your cutover plan now because the things that need to be configured, like the stuff that you're doing now for prototype one, you're going to be doing the majority of it for go live next year in, in, in July. We try to practice as much as humanly possible. Small things like uh, earlier today, we had an Excel file and like for our side, it was like, hey, here's all the people that are configuring each module. And it was a list of, which roles do you need besides like this one common role? And our tech lead was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to put the URL link in this Excel file to the environment we're using so people don't ask me. I'm like, Wicked, is that a huge thing? No. But like, do you know yeah. that everyone's going to probably ask for it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you like accumulate tons of small things like that, mm-hmm. that by the time you get to go live, you've, you've kind of thought about all these like little things that can like, you don't want to like a death by a thousand paper cuts. That's yeah. kind of what right. I'm saying. Right. Yeah. So the more, the more you practice, the more you kind of avoid these things, the smoother you make it so yeah. that like you're not getting to go live and like trying things for the first time. Yeah. Right. That's the, that is the biggest, like yeah. the more you practice it, the more you do it, the more people know, okay, this person goes before me and this person goes after me. And this is how long this conversion takes. And this is the environment I'm using. And this is the URL. It smooths everything out. So, and just for our listeners, all those things you're talking about right there are part of the cutover plan. Correct. Right. Correct. So mm-hmm. just, just so they understand before I, I just kind of cut yes. that off. You're like, you're like, you're like, you're like, you might've been a good idea to too. tell don't, people. Don't worry about that listeners. Yeah. I got this. <laughs> <laughs> just like in the just like in the episode notes, we'll talk yeah. about. We'll tell you what it kind of. Yes, uh, yes, that might. But help. no, that's that's the biggest. Like practice. Yeah. Like there's gonna be a million other things people could say, but to be perfectly honest, I find like like practicing is 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 really important. Yeah, awesome. So practice makes hopefully mostly perfect. Yes. Nothing else, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's yes. the plan. Yeah. So when we're talking about looking to the future, how can employees here at UT best prepare themselves for? The go live coming up July 1st, 2024. Mm, fair enough. So right now, the best thing they can do is like friends of Dash communications, just be on top of that. Because right now, like it's just a general awareness. What's right. going to be advantageous to the kind of like the general person is like, and this sounds like super easy stuff, but like, do you know the Dash project is going on? Do you know why the Dash project is happening? Mm -hmm. Do you know the project phases of the Dash program? Do you know what's happening in each phase of the program? Like, do you know what we're doing right now? If you know all of those things, it should answer the majority of your questions. Yeah. Right? Like, what are they doing on the project? Why did they do it? What are recent milestones? What's coming up? If you know that much information, you kind of know what you should be doing right now. The kind of like, what's in it for me? What do I have to do? That's going to become far more pointed I would say end of this year, starting beginning yep. of next year, because right. that's when we're, that's where we're going to get into testing. 
Is everyone going to test the system? No, but we do know that we are probably going to expand the group of people who are going to help the project at that time. Right. So right now it's like, you know, you need to know the project, you need to know why we're doing it, you need to know what's happening, you need to know like the project phases and a general understanding of what to do in each phase. But for the time being, like, that's good enough. Yeah. And then right. in a couple months, when we start giving you way more information, you're going to hear the flip side. It's too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> it's going right. to it's going to flip 100 yeah. degrees. I don't know enough. Now it's like you're giving me too much stuff to worry about. So yeah. en enjoy this part. But then you really yeah, need yeah. to start paying attention. Uh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for the plug for Friends of Dash. I know Jonathan and yeah, I. Yeah, we, we appreciate it. We push that all the time. And there are really some great resources out there already. Got some videos and, you know, we're working on putting some training information out there. So there's a lot of good stuff, but it's not mm -hmm. necessarily. I know, you know, we understand folks have a day job. They already have, yeah. they already have a job they're working. I love what you said about, you know, now you can at least start to familiarize yourself with what's happening on the dash project so and if i was in someone's shoes i could probably think oh like they're just like you know towing the party line and just saying familiar with myself but i still want to know more like yeah. i'm just telling you like it, it is in your best interest to just un, like yeah. crawl before you walk before you run because what's the alternative like do you want to see a 2000 row excel file of like requirements <laughs> and like yeah. inter, 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 no like you, you you don't like you want to wait till like certain communications are drafted for like your user group to tell you exactly what to do yeah so yeah. that's why it goes back to like do you know why we're doing the project do you understand yes. the phases do you know what phase we're in right now and why it's important like that's that's what's key that's what's very yeah. key so i'm not just saying this because we're interviewing you i really love working with you um well, thanks man I, I love your energy and so i want it <laughs> i want it and i don't know if it's all the coffee or if you're just naturally you know i'm i'm like this I'm like, if you I, just, you're, <laughs> i say you're always this you way, might just be a natural yeah. red liner yeah, you know awesome. you might just but yeah. what i wanted to ask you is mm. what excites you about projects like this like think of it this way like we just set up 300 person like small city yeah from yeah. scratch that didn't right. exist like out of the ether right and it's like well how are you going to do that like someone had to like architect that structure in their head yeah. and then mm -hmm. communicate that to impact like a couple hundred people and do it over the internet yeah <laughs> yeah that's right i mean right uh, exactly we don't do this stuff in person anymore <laughs> no. so like yeah. so like like th like think about that like you're gonna set up a small city that's gonna only exist for like two years that's going to impact over 20,000 people for the next 20 plus years. Yeah. You have the ability to kind of like do that. Once you kind of understand like, okay, this is what a system impl implementation is. And like, you can kind of step back and say like, wow, like that's a big deal. Like that's a cool opportunity. And that the more you do it, the more you understand like every aspect of a business. Yeah. So, you know, for finance, like you understand like, GL, financial close, booking financial transactions, like requisitions, procurement, contract management, accounts payable, travel and expense, fixed assets, projects, grants, like core HR, absence management, time and labor, payroll, talents, session planning, like planning, budgeting, forecasting, like everything for your building maintenance, whatever, like you, you fundamentally understand like how the machine works. Yeah. And like, that's all conceptual, like this, it's just in your head. And then you can say like, okay, like, how can I can tweak this and make this better? And then it's like, okay, how can I help lead a pe uh, like a group of like a couple hundred people to do all of that? Mm. 
it's a super weird thing to like geek out about. And there's like a very, very small percentage of the population. But you're one of had, them. <laughs> yeah. But there's like a very small percentage of the population who like I could even talk to about this. Who one would be patient enough to listen. And then two, if they did listen, would even understand what I'm talking about. Like that's stuff that gets me um excited. And like I like solving complicated problems that are real problems. Like how like yeah. how are we actually going to do this? And then it's a very cool thing when you're surrounded by like equally smart people who also want to solve complicated problems. That's something I really enjoy. Well, now we know what Brennan does late night on the couch while he's enjoying that affogato. He's just thinking of, uh, yeah, he's architecting. At that that point, the brain is turned off and I'm like, (laughs) I'm like watching like some new Marvel movie and like things are getting blown up and like I'm in a good space or like I'm watching some like comedy show. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's all. We've taken up a ton of your time today, but I think Kathy's got, and we appreciate it so Mm. much. Your time is super valuable and mostly already spoken for. So thank you for carving this time out. But I think Kathy's got one more question for you. Yeah. Well, it's nice to hear clearly you love what you do. So that's awesome. You know, and thank you for sharing that with us. Before we end or close up, is there anything else like wide open floor, anything else you would want to share with the University of Tennessee community? It's like two things. And I always tell my kids the same thing. And it's always applicable to like an implementation. It's like, one, we can always figure it out. Like, there's going to come a point where it doesn't seem like it, but we can figure it out. And the second thing is like, we can do hard things. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I tell them, I tell them the same thing all the time. And I, we deal with it with our project all the time. It's like, we can figure it out. And we can do hard things. And then what's going to happen is we're going to keep doing it over like a, literally a period of years here. And then we're going to hit a new roadblock. And then I'm going to be able to say something like we solved like 10 more hard things within the last six months. This is a joke compared to those. Yeah. And people are going to and people are going to be like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to get on our way and we're going to solve that one, too. So, yeah. Spoken like a dad. I love that <laughs> advice. Not now I've got something to go tell my daughter. I, know, I, I, love, I love it. I love it. Those okay. two things. Parenting advice too. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, but like great. it's it's just Good it's stuff. very it's very important to like keep that level of motivation cuz like things things will get hard, but like but yes. that's okay. And to keep yeah. that perspective too, right? Motivation yes. and perspective. Yeah. So. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, this has been awesome. Thank it's you. It's been great. Dude, I like so much. I like talking to you guys. I'm not joking. Really this is like it. the best part of my week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we love maybe, talking to you too. We love doing this. Maybe we can do a follow-up further on down the yeah, road a little ways. One. We'll we'll do sure. another round and kind of see where we are. So yeah. it's been it's been really good. Thank you so much. Awesome. awesome. Well, thank you guys. You're awesome, All buddy. Right. Have a great weekend. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Right. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Dose of Dash. A big thanks to everyone who helped us make this episode possible. And a big thanks to you, our listeners, for tuning in as we pursue this change together. Check back here regularly for new episodes and updates. And please share this podcast with others. Word of mouth can be the best way to help this effort grow. And it's a great way to keep our Friends of Dash informed. Be sure to visit our Friends of Dash site for more information and resources. You should see the link in the About section for this podcast. Do you have a Dash question you would like answered? Please email it to dash at tennessee.edu. You never know. It just might show up on this podcast. Talk Talk to to you you soon. soon.